Hello, everyone. This is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast again. We have a lot to talk about and break down in this episode regarding USL Championship League One and the Tampa Bay Rowdies. We capped off our season with a nice W in Louisville City FC's Lynn Family Stadium. We won this match 3-2. to two. It was not looking too bright, but I do have to shout out J.J. Williams scoring in the first 35 seconds the fastest Tampa Bay Rowdies goal of all time. Then we did get an own goal from Freddie Kleeman, and then Cal Jennings scored two goals in two minutes with a nice brace to cap off our season. And then Lancaster on the other side scored an extra time in the second half. Uh, You know, a nice game from both sides, but they really didn't show much promise to tell you the truth. Uh, Jan Ekra did get a yellow card in the 29th minute. Freddie Kleeman got a yellow card in the 43rd. Connor Antley also got a yellow card in the 43rd. And Jake Otterman got a card, a yellow card in the 82nd. So things we need to look forward to going into the playoffs in Al Lang Stadium playing Birmingham Legion FC on 7, at 7.30 p.m. on Saturday, October 21st. But before we even get into the predictions of our first playoff game in the 2023 season... I want to go over our 2023 stats, as well as just overall, you know, give us some build-up to this this playoff game. And, you know, if you have not followed us on any of our social media accounts, we cover the Rowdies pretty prevalently. Uh, prevalently? I don't think that's a word. Pretty heavily, excuse me. I'm a little tongue-tied, I guess you can say today. Um, and if you are not following us on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, slash X or threads, make sure you're doing so. It's at Tea Time Reports. All support is greatly appreciated. And if you have any suggestions, constructive criticism, anything along those lines, our uh, our business email is readily available. Um, now let's move forward here into some Tampa Bay Rowdies stats for the season. Now if you love soccer, I know a lot of you out there obviously do, or football, USL Championship League is actually ranked in the top 35 leagues in the world when it comes to competition and quality. When you watch this league on you know cable, it doesn't look like it. But if you actually go to these games and experience the competitive nature of these players and teams, there are really good clubs in this league that can battle it out with MLS squads. So you, you cannot doubt the quality of talent and overall the coaching as well. There's some decent coaching, some young gunners out there, if you will. Um, but let's get into the Rowdy stats for the season. For the season, they finished 19-9-6. and At home, they were 11-4-2. and Away, they were 8-5-4. and And they ended the season on a one-game win streak, with their final five matches being 3-2-0. Very, very good season overall for this Paradise Club. Top two in the Eastern Conference. Let's get into some some team stats, then we'll go into player stats here for the Rowdies. Full team stats regarding games. uh, 55.9% of their games were won in the second position in the East. Defense-wise, 39 goals conceded, 1.1 per game, 10 clean sheets, 4 penalties conceded. Their tackling was 61.3 success rate percentage. Dual dual win rate was 53.4 success rate. Aerial dual uh, success rate was 62.2. So we are above that 50% mark on all those stat lines, which is very good defense in general. Um, what's the, the standout is obviously the aerial duel percentage. We have fours lasso, other teams don't. That's just how it is. Distribution-wise, um, wow, I'm watching the Saints game, and that was not a catch, but dear God, if that was. Um, 
Shout out to Thursday Night Football. Even though the games have kind of been shit this year for uh, primetime games. But moving forward to the passes uh, for the Rowdies on the season. 81.7% success rate for their passes. 14,483 total passes on the season. 11,838 successful passes. 426 passes per game on average. Long pass success rate is only 51.1 successfully um you know, generated, which is a little, a little rough going into the playoffs. We want to see that number, you know, be higher, but we can't all be perfect, can we? Um, now moving to the pass direction percentage, we're heavily aggressive. We mainly pass the ball forward 33.1% of the time, um, and then backwards only 15.6% of the time, and then left and right around 25% of the time. Uh, on the opponent's half, we have the, um, our accuracy is 73.6%, and on our own half of the pitch, it's 90.2%, which is very well controlled, we're very accurate, and, and in a sense, surgical. When we're resetting, when we're dominating the possession game, that's where we tend to do it. Uh, 325 total open play crosses on the season, 81 successful crosses on the season, 49 uh, percent average possession, so not even 50% possession, and we're one of the best teams in the league. Total shots, excluding blocked shots, um, is actually kind of a decent number here. 305. Uh, shots on target, 148. Goals scored, 60. 19.7 conversion rate, 51 minutes per goal, uh, which is actually pretty good. I'm not going to lie, it could be better, but uh, 27 left-footed goals, 23 right-footed goals, 6 headed goals, and 4 other goals. 5 penalties scored, 2 penalties missed, 4 goals outside the box, 1 direct free kick goal, and 56 goals inside the box. So that kind of gives you an idea of where we are taking those shots and creating those chances. Discipline-wise, 410 fouls won, 402 fouls conceded, 65 yellow cards given, Two red cards given on the season, so that's pretty uh, pretty well disciplined. Not the best, but it's not the worst. It's actually pretty pretty average in this league, in my opinion. Now, when it comes to our stat leaders for goals, Cal Jennings obviously is our leader with 31 appearances and 19 goals, and then at number two, following closely behind, is J.J. Williams, 31 appearances, 12 goals. Number three is Charlie Dennis, 34 appearances, 11 goals. At number four is Jake Lacava. 21 appearances, 3 goals. Those are the top 4 on our team. As you can tell, Cal Jennings, J.J. Williams, and Charlie Dennis are the scorers on this club. Uh, Assist-wise, J.J. Williams is the leader in this category, number 1, uh, with 31 appearances and 9 assists. Uh, Sebastian Delgard, that number 2 position, 24 appearances, 5 assists. Then, you know, shout-out to Ryan Spaulding, one of the best rowdies of all time in the short time we had him this year on loan. Um, 9 appearances, four assists. Uh, and then Aaron Gwian is tied with Cal Jennings, William Connor Antley, and Charlie Dennis for around 30 appearances with three assists for all those guys. Um, and then shot-wise, J.J. Williams, 31 appearances, 62 shots. Cal Jennings at number two with 31 appearances, 57 shots. Charlie Dennis at number three, 34 appearances, 47 shots. Jake LaCava, 21 appearances, 20 shots. Forrest Lasso, 28 appearances, 16 shots. Chances created, Charlie Dennis, 34 appearances, 64 chances created. He is just that set-piece kind of guy, the dude that is able to kind of create that play in the center um, of the opponent's pitch uh, on their half, excuse me. 
but he really does orchestrate a lot of those kind of you know, in the goalie box goals I've seen, and he is a very accurate shooter, an accurate passer as well. You know, there's times where you see his lack of touch, but he is he is the focal point of the ball movement on this team, in my opinion. Even defensively to offensively in transition, Charlie Dennis is going to be involved somehow. Um, but Jake, um, excuse me, JJ Williams is actually tied with second with Jordan Doherty um, for the assist. Um, the chances created uh, list here. They both have played over 30 appearances here and each have 28 chances created. Jordan Doherty is a guy that actually has surprising burst of speed, but he has even better touch. Uh, I just wish that we were able to see more of him used in that regard like Connor Antley was, who is at that number four spot on this list. 32 appearances, 25 chances created. But both are very defensively aware, but offensively capable. So that's really cool to see. That they're you know in the top five there. Phil Breno started our as our keeper uh, with four appearances, twelve saves. Uh, but Connor Sparrow came in and just did what he had to do: thirty appearances, seventy-five saves. Um, Connor Sparrow with clean sheets. Uh, Breno didn't even get one clean sheet in his four games played. Connor Sparrow had ten clean sheets in thirty games. Uh, goals conceded. Connor Sparrow thirty appearances, thirty-two goals conceded. Phil Breno. Four appearances, seven goals conceded. That is rough. So I'm glad that we went with Connor Sparrow and stuck it out with him because he was definitely the choice to go with. He is definitely, you know, I I know he didn't win the Golden Glove of the USL Championship League One, but I I think he definitely was a guy that you could have had up there in conversation with that. Um, But getting into, I guess, my predictions for this upcoming playoff game, and before I even do that, I actually should probably do my respect and my due diligence, um, and look up how Birmingham finished the season. Uh, This is a team that plays in one of my favorite stadiums in the country, Protective Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama. If you're, you know, a listener out there in Alabama, you need to, you know, support Birmingham Legion FC. They're a very good soccer club, and they've been a very, you know, challenging group. The Rowdies have played for the past couple seasons that I've seen. Like, they're, they're one of our biggest rivals, in my opinion. Um... But let me go to, if I can get to club here, Birmingham, boom. They finished the season 14-16-4, 8-5-3 at home, 6-11-1 away. They finished the season with a one-game losing streak in their last five matches being 2-2-1. Not the best, but they did make it into the playoffs. Um, And I'm going to go over the standings going into the playoffs because I want to talk about the playoffs in their own respect. Overall, their their defense, 53 goals conceded, 1.6 per game, 7 clean sheets, 3 penalties conceded. They're pretty relatively the same with their tackle success rate, dual success rates a little lower at 47.6%, and their aerial dual rate is only 51.2%, but that's still good. It's over 50%, but their tackle success rate is 61.9%. So that's really good. But their pass success rate, 79.1 success rate on just genuine passes. Their long successful pass rate is, their long pass successful, excuse me, their long pass success rate is only 47.7%. That is alarmingly low. Um, And 13,979 passes on the season, only 11,053 successful ones, 411.1 passes per game on average. They 
struggle with average possession only being 48%. Total open play crosses, 335 in the season, 56 successful crosses. That is rough. 86.7 uh, passing accuracy on their half of the pitch, 73 on the opponent's half. Those are good numbers there. Pass direction, they are heavily aggressive, but they definitely seem to have some kind of weapon on the right side. They pass to the right side a lot, 25.9%, as opposed to the left side only being 23.8%, and the rest is pretty much going forward with 35.0% of their passes going forward. And then attack-wise, total shots excluding blocked shots, 286, shots on target, 133, goals scored, 44, 69.5 minutes per goal, 15.4 conversion rate is bad, 11 left foot goals, 27 right foot goals, 5 headed goals, and 1 other goal, 4 penalties scored, 1 penalty missed, 7 goals outside the box, 1 direct free kick goal, 37 goals inside the box. Discipline wise, they've, oh wow, 339 fouls won, 482 fouls conceded, 88 yellow cards, and only 1 red card on the season. The 1 red card is really good, but 88 yellows, yikes, they might actually have some some punishment going into the playoffs regarding some of their, you know, statuses on some of their players, but that's definitely something to look at and, and look into more in depth when we can. But I'm going to go into the standings here for the the league and see what the playoffs are looking like. Um, if I am able, let me look at the standings. Bear with me, folks. Um, going to the USL homepage. Playoffs, okay. All right, so on the Western, it's going to be Sacramento taking on New Mexico. Um, San Antonio taking on the Colorado Switchbacks. San Diego taking on uh, the Phoenix Rising. And then I think that's El Paso taking on... Bear with me. El Paso is going to be taking on... Who is this? Orange County SC. Okay. Orange County made it in. All right. All right. Um, And that's in the West. But we don't care about that until it's actually crunch time. What we care about over here in Tampa Bay, in the Bay Area, if you're even on the East Coast, these are the teams you care about right here. The teams I've grown to know and despise. Um, (laughs) Not really, but it's just uh, I'm really enthralled with the Eastern Conference in general. Pittsburgh is going to be taking on Detroit. That's an easy dub for Pittsburgh. They really, uh, they might get upset by Detroit. Who knows? But Detroit, they really shouldn't even be in here. I'm surprised they actually are. And then uh, Memphis is taking on Louisville. That is going to be a hell of a game. If you're even into USL Championship League soccer, make sure you're watching that one. And then Charleston's going to be taking on Indy 11. That might be a little bit of an upset game for Indy. And then we're going to be taking on, uh, the Tampa Bay Riders are going to be taking on the Birmingham, um, I was about to say Stallions, but Birmingham Legion FC. Um, and you have to take into consideration the seeding for each conference and really break it down, who had the better seasons, who who's coming in hotter. But with playoffs in this league, you have to throw all that out the door. We are very fortunate as the Rowdies. If you're a Rowdies fan, Leo Fernandez is back. He is hopefully going to be starting against Birmingham, and we can hopefully utilize that two-striker setup like we once were, um, and, and, and effectively, in a sense. Maybe not a guy that's going to be dropping in the mid, but two dedicated offensive attackers. That's what we really thrived on a year ago, and see if we can bring that back in perfect time and fashion. Um, but I guess moving forward, who do I think is going to win this Birmingham game? 
I mean, actually, I'm going to give my first overall round of playoff predictions. In the West, I think Sacramento is going to beat New Mexico in advance. San Antonio is going to beat Colorado in advance. Shout out to anyone in Colorado. But no, the switchbacks is a dope name. But San Antonio, they just won it all last year. So they're definitely going to be advancing to play Sacramento. Um, and that's going to be deadly. That's going to be a hell of a game. And then San Diego is going to beat Phoenix. And I th- Orange County, yeah, they're a second seed. They, they have to beat El Paso, right? They have to. So I'm going to take, obviously, San Diego taking on Orange County, and then Colorado taking on Sacramento in the Western second round of the playoffs. And I'll get into those predictions, obviously, next week after the Rowdies win in their first matchup of the playoffs in the 2023 season. Um, Obviously, you know who my answer is going to be for the Rowdies. They're going to be winning against Birmingham to 2-1. And I think Cal Jennings is going to have one, and Leo Fernandez will have one as well with an assist from Charlie Dennis and an assist from J.J. Williams. Birmingham will probably... You know, who knows? Maybe Lancaster will get one in there, but who knows? Um, And then Indy 11 versus Charleston. I'm going to take Charleston. So I think the Rowdies will probably have to be playing Charleston, who did play well against us in the regular season this year. So that's going to be something to look out for for sure. But Indy 11 could very well upset them. But I'm going to go with a safer selection and take the Charleston Battery uh, overall club in general. I think that they are more full sound on offense. And then the next game, I'm going to take Memphis over Louisville. We just exposed Louisville 3-2. to two. Should have been 3-1. to one. Um, But genuinely, I really do believe that Louisville will lose this game against Memphis, who has exploded in the final five to six weeks of the season. Um, and then Detroit versus Pittsburgh. Come on, taking Pittsburgh. So, I mean, that, those are my guesses for the first round of the USL um, Championship League playoffs, in a sense. Really excited for this to kick off on Sunday, November 12th. 9 p.m. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited. That's actually going to be the final, it looks like. So by that time, hopefully the Rowdies are in there. But uh, this upcoming weekend is what's important. We have to play, play to, we have to go game to game. And if I break it down, if we beat Birmingham, we are going to probably, we're going to be playing the winner of the Charleston and Indy 11 game. And if we beat them, we're going to be playing the winner of the Pittsburgh. And I imagine the, the biggest game of the playoffs, in my opinion. When you look at each of these matchups, honestly, it's got to be Memphis versus Louisville. That 4-5 and five seed looks way more interesting and enticing than San Antonio versus the Colorado Switchbacks. Colorado's a decent team. They're just still young. San Antonio, they're champions. you, you got to give them their credit where it's due. I think they should easily handle business there, but they're at the four seed, so they did struggle this year. But those are all scenarios where things really would have to go wrong for them if they lose to the Colorado Switchbacks in the playoffs. But I do believe that we will probably, you know, be meeting Pittsburgh again in the final round of the Eastern playoff bracket, in a sense. And if we do beat Pittsburgh, and I think we should be able to, they beat us, they swept us in the season. But uh, if we are able to beat Pittsburgh, I have a feeling we're going to be facing either Sacramento. Or, or just hear me out, the team that's supposedly folding, San Diego, North Carolina is apparently being brought up, and I imagine a, a allocation of a new team will be moved to the west side. But San Diego, I heard that a lot of the money and paperwork went through for them to get elevated to the MLS. I don't think they're folding. I think if they have some success here, then the three seed will we'll see them thrive. But if not, people are going to be pillaging those players. But... Uh, Everyone out there, really hope you appreciate our Tampa Bay Rowdies coverage here at Tea Time Reports. Really try and uh, 
stay thorough on this team because obviously it's our local club. You kind of have to. You owe them that respect. Um, but we really appreciate all the support and everyone that's been following and you know showing love to the podcast and you know following us on our social media, giving us you know some likes here and there. It's greatly appreciated. You know this podcast will hopefully just continue to grow. Make sure you are following our social media platforms. We're on all of them at Tea Time Reports. Uh, shout out to the team for putting in the work they do. And expect that Tennessee trip episode uh, relatively soon. Hopefully tomorrow. But uh, everyone out there, stay awake, stay safe. This is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. And shout out to the Tampa Bay Rowdies for getting to the 2023 USL Championship League playoffs. And let's go, boys. Let's get this win. Somos Rowdies. Take care, everyone. Peace.